It's Rockin' Vino. All right. Good afternoon and welcome to Rockin' Vino here on KSRO. I am Michelle and hi Coco. Hello, Michelle. How are you? I am good. I'm excited about our show today. Of course, our show is brought to you by American Ag Credit. We appreciate their sponsorship. Uh, Today, we are going to talk with an old friend of mine. Uh, Coco, I'm pretty sure that you may have met him at some point Mm -hmm. in radio career lands because he's been a part of KSRO uh, for quite some time. Uh, Just recently retired from active radio duty, and I pulled him back in. (laughs) Our guest, uh, of course, if you are a KSRO listener, you're going to be very familiar with this voice. Hi, Tom. Hey, Michelle. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Tom Simino, the wine guy uh, who is the owner and winemaker for Simino Vineyards, is our guest this half hour. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for inviting me and pulling me out of retirement. Yeah. Coco, nice to meet you. And nice to meet you as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, our KSRO listeners uh, who have listened you know, more than a year are very, very familiar with who you are. Uh, but we wanted to share your story because I'm not sure that everybody understands the sort of vast music portion of your life that makes you such a perfect guest for Rock and Vino. I couldn't believe the name of your show, Rock and Vino. It's Isn't it great. Fun? It's great. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's been a podcast for quite some time, but uh, we've we brought it here uh, on the air now for the past year, but it's been cool. going since Yeah, I may have to go back and listen yeah, to some of those old some shows. Good guests, some good guests. So um, I'm originally from Maine, and I went to school in Boston. When I got to Boston, this would have been 1969, um, my roommate bought a guitar in 1969 and started banging on a guitar. I'd never, you know, I I guess I played piano with, you know, when I was a kid growing up. So music was a little bit of my background, but I was never a big music fan. But in 1969, if you guys are too young, but (laughs) in Boston, I mean, that was the time when everybody was playing the music hall, Neil Young, uh, Jefferson Airplane, The Doors. I mean, there was somebody every single week. Wow. So uh, we kind of got into the music thing. And uh, I bought my first guitar uh, a year later, an old uh, Gibson J45. And we all started banging on the guitars. And when I graduated, it was, okay, am I going to go to grad school? Or are we going to play music? Or, and one of the guys that we were playing with at the time graduated a year ahead of us. And uh, moved to Athens, Georgia, and uh, uh, passed the law, the bar, and he was practicing law, and he hated it. <laughs> so in 70, spring of 73, we all went down to see Joel, and we sat up in his attic and decided we were going to start a band. In Athens, Georgia, which is a great place for music, too. Yeah, yeah, and this, really this is. is now 1973. Yeah. So we're talking history here. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, so we all get back to Boston. I decided not to stick around for graduation. I had to mail me my diploma. I bought a bass in, uh, at a pawn shop in Cambridge, Mass., and we all moved down to Georgia and started playing music, and we were terrible, <laughs> you know, starting a band, and we were just learning. Yeah. So anyway, so we're trying to pay the rent, and our landlord said, you guys are never going to make it playing music and make enough money here, so uh, why don't you mow lawns? So we said, well, that's a good idea. So we went down to Sears, bought a lawnmower. I put an ad in the paper, lawn mowing and maintenance done cheaply, call C&W Mow Company. C&W. Country and Western. Oh, okay. Because we were right. kind of, you know, the music scene that we got into was like, the New Riders of the Purple Sage, mm-hmm. uh, 
Graham Parsons, Emmylou Harris, that type of stuff. Sure, yeah. John Prine, Jerry Jeff Walker, you know, kind of contemporary country mm-hmm. for the time. Right. And um, so we started mowing lawns and started getting better at playing music, and the name stuck. So uh, we left uh, Athens uh, about six, eight, seven months later, moved to Tampa. And that was during the Southern Rock thing, the Outlaws and a lot of rock and roll bands. Yeah, and the Almond Sun- Brothers. Almond Brothers. Yeah. So we, uh, we got better and better and better and more popular. Then we moved to uh, uh, Gainesville and played up there. And there was quite an active scene between Tallahassee and, and Tampa. We were playing all the night, nightclubs there. Were you still doing mowing lawns? Or no, no. That? The okay. mowing became... <laughs> That's when the lawnmower got... So, uh, one of our artist friends came up with yeah. our logo, which is C&W Mo with a push lawnmower in the middle of it <laughs> right. and a guitar neck. Instead of the neck Instead of, of the, the handle. handle on the yeah. mower. It's so such it was, a good logo. It's a good logo. <laughs> anyway, so now uh, we're popular in Florida. We decided to move up to Maine because we're originally from there. All the friends in Boston and such. So we get even more popular. And uh, we figured we'd reached our pinnacle there and decided we're going to come to California and sign a record deal. I love it. So we, uh, we got in a truck and we moved to Healdsburg. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you pick Northern California? What was Healdsburg? Uh, well, my guitar player had a friend who just graduated from Stanford. Okay. So we flew out here in April. I, booked, I was the guy that booked the band. I played bass, wrote the songs, and, or some of the songs, and played bass. So uh-huh. I came out here with Alan. And uh, we decided we were going to be somewhere around San Francisco because that's where the music was happening. Right. So it was either going to be from Santa Cruz all the way up to Geyserville. We looked on a map. And we went, went around. And back then there were some clubs that I could book. So I booked us from August of that summer on mm-hmm. while we were here. And we, when we drove up through uh, Yachtville, we, the Yachtville Saloon is where Piatti's is now i think it's still piatti's right okay anyway that was the auntville saloon a good honky tonk and we drove up to uh healesburg and wow we fell in love with healesburg and in 78 healesburg had just one street light i mean it was a wow. it yeah. was a cowboy town <laughs> and we uh we found a house on the river right by del rio woods beach okay yeah right? that's amazing right? and uh so we moved out here that summer and started playing here and the realized, whole band living together in that house? Oh, yeah, all seven oh of us. Oh, my gosh, yeah, it was I crazy, love it. <laughs> crazy. And, you know, the Del Rio Woods Beach, was they had the, the, the dam there. Yeah. We'd practice, and it was, so it was, a, it was a party. And we're, <laughs> you know, we're like, you know, 25 years old. Right. 20, 26, whatever the hell it was. <laughs> and uh, so we got real popular here, and um, uh, we were playing, and but... Everybody was playing, and it was hard to make a living. So we'd go to Florida in the uh, winter and go to Maine in the summer, make money, and then come back and do more demo tapes. Wow. I mean, that was the, that was what, the dream. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, it was a series. We thought we were, I mean, we were good, but, you know, you got to be lucky and good. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so we were, you know, playing around, and then the lawyer in the band decides, that's enough, I'm done. He moved back to uh, New York and um, practiced law. So my brother, who was in the band with us, he he and I decided, okay, we've CNW Mo's run its course. Let's start a new band. So we uh, we called him the Kid because uh, he was short and you know kind of 
rambunctious on stage. And <laughs> so um, we came up with the name Kid Palomino. Mm-hmm. And so we put an ad in the pink section looking for a guitar player, got a guy from Texas. So we started Kid Palomino and we were okay. We were pretty good. And then uh, Rodney Rourke, who was our guitar player, decided to go back to Texas, put another ad in the paper. And Jimmy Lyon from Eddie Money's band answers the ad you know and he comes up and he's practicing with us and we decided not to hire him (laughs) because we thought we needed somebody more permanent and jimmy was only going to be available for six months right jimmy shows up at one of the clubs that we're playing Mm -hmm. and he says you hired this guy instead of me (laughs) we said you're right you're hired (laughs) next day we practiced with him and he was playing with us he played with us for probably six months or so yeah and he's he's fantastic player and uh, with his connections, he was with Bill Graham. For those of you not familiar with Eddie Money's band, Baby Hold On To Me, oh, and yeah. Two Tickets To Paradise. Mm-hmm. Huge Jimmy, songs. Jimmy wrote those with Ed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're doing demo tapes, and Jimmy produced a demo tape for us. We've got a little clip we for We do. Should we play it? So do we're, you have time? Yeah, yeah. We're, we've, uh, we were coming up on a break, but I think it might be fun to play this. So I do have to set this up a little bit. Tom has this, when he says on a tape... He means a tape, a cassette, a cassette tape. So uh, for the past like week, I've been trying to figure out how can I even get this music onto the air from mm-hmm. a cassette tape. So I do have a boombox. I put it into the boombox, and we just sort of played it here in the studio on, recorded it in through a mic. So this is not top level. It's I underground. I was wondering why this yeah. was in here. I know. Okay. It's really it's underground. Yeah. The dots are connected. Right. So uh, this one is the first one on that it's tape. It's called The Only One. It was the a song one. my brother wrote. Okay. Okay, and right. Jimmy's on guitar. And who is singing uh, the uh, Mary Kay. Mary. Okay. The Mary Kay? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a clip from about 40 uh, This is 1982, 1981. Okay. All 1981. Right. Here we go. This is Tom Simino's band, Kid Palomino. Get a little taste of what they sound like. little taste yeah you know it was uh, that's my brother playing banjo i'm playing bass on that nice so that was you know it was crazy santana's uh what was it raul Ricaus playing timbales on on the Mm. tape we thought we were gonna hit it yeah Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we didn't Mm. so on my last road trip um we uh we we went we played a gig in healesburg on a on a saturday night and drove straight to maine Three three days straight wow. to be there for Christmas, because mm-hmm. my parents were still alive back then. And anyway, so uh, on Christmas Day, I had heard that Brenda, my beautiful wife, was uh, was home. She was not your beautiful wife at that. Not point. at the time. We were friends <laughs> through through high school and college. Yeah. And I called her up on Christmas Day. She comes over with a. She swears it was great Western sparkling wine and. I swear it was Andre, but we still fight over that. <laughs> but uh, so we got together on Christmas Day in uh, 81, and uh, we fell in love that week, and the rest is history. 
I love it. We're going to take a break right there. We're talking with Tom Simino. He is the owner and winemaker at Simino Vineyards. Very familiar to KSRO listeners. We're so excited to have him as our guest today on Rock and Vino. We'll be right back. United Way of the Wine Country has evolved, focusing on advancing financial and racial equity by leading community-centered investment, providing the Earn It, Keep It, Save It free tax preparation program and free information and referral services to 1-1 Sonoma and Mendocino. Everything United Way does is about building equity in our community to create real social change. Because We Care underwriter Angaro and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing and Electrical asks you to learn more about United Way of the Wine Country. At American Ag Credit, we know success in agriculture means making the most of every minute. Our convenient and secure digital banking tools put time back into your hands so you can be where you're needed most. From mobile check capture to automatic payments, electronic signature, and more, we offer safe and efficient solutions to keep your business running smoothly so you have more time for the moments that matter. For more information, visit agloan.com online. American Ag Credit. Your future grows here. It's Rock and Vino. All right. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Rock and Vino here on KSRO, brought to you by American Ag Credit. I'm Michelle. Coco is my co-host. And today we're talking with Tom Simino. He is the wine guy. Many people who have listened to KSRO for years understand that that is where they know him from. I know that voice. That's the wine guy. Uh, he is also, of course, an award-winning winemaker uh, with Simino Vineyards. That is his vineyard uh, and uh, owns that with his wife, Brenda Lee. And we're talking now about Brenda Lee. You met her, you guys fell in love, and then you had to convince her we're moving to California. Well, that's right. You know, a lot of people think, to give you an idea when this happened, remember the catch, which was uh, Montana to Clark? Right, yeah. yeah. That's not the real catch. The catch was when Brenda fell in love with me. I got the catch. (laughs) So anyway, uh, my little joke there. Uh, Love it. Anyway. So romantic. so, uh, So yeah, so it's Christmas and... So we played up in Maine on that road trip till probably the 1st of February, and then we came back to California. That band broke up, and Brenda and I decided she was going to move out. She came out uh, for spring break. She was a teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of put things in place, and she moved out that spring, and uh, I wasn't playing music now. She was looking for a teaching job. She actually got a job that summer at the tasting room at Clos de Bois. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. My old sound man had a job at Clos de Bois as a cellarman. So he helped her get that gig. So anyway, so I go to an employment agency and I say, she goes, what what have you been doing? And I said, well, I've been playing music. She goes, I'm a, I I go, I'm I'm a bass player with a psychology degree. (laughs) And she goes, not a lot of call for that. (laughs) Right. Uh, But uh, Trowbridge, she said you could run canoes for Trowbridge or Windsor Vineyards is starting a direct-to-consumer sales uh, outfit on the on the phone and I managed the band so I knew I could sell so I took the job and I'm now I'm a consultant there I've retired there too yeah. mm-hmm. but I'm still a consultant for vintage wine estates so now we're ma- we're we're making wine I'm working uh, working at uh, at Windsor and uh, I've got the radio station thing going on because we 
So wait a minute. Let's let's rewind a little okay. bit with our cassette tape. Okay. <laughs> now you. When did you start making wine? I got the job at Windsor, and one of my cohorts had a small vineyard, mm-hmm. and he said, "You want to make some wine?" This is nineteen eighty-three. Nineteen eighty-three. So I said, "Sure, let's make some wine." So we picked some wine. I I made it, crushed it with my feet, <laughs> you know, and entered it in the harvest fair. We won a bronze medal. And I really said, okay, I get the bug now. I want to I want to make some wine. So we started making wine. Uh, so this is 1983. Bought a house with Brenda in 1984 in Alexander Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, that worked out. And uh, so I'm still making wine. And then um, uh, so we sold the house in 88 and bought the ranch. Uh, so now we've got. 12 acres in Alexander Valley. Everybody thought we were crazy. Was it planted with any grapes? Yes, it had 10 acres. Oh, okay. And the house is there with two and a half acres of house. Wow, okay. So I didn't know any, <clears throat> didn't know anything about growing grapes. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, so then I took a class at the JC with Rich Thomas, mm-hmm. learned how to grow grapes. So now we're growing grapes. I got it figured out. And in 1992, we won the Sweepstakes Award in the Amateur Wine Competition at the Harvest Fair. Hmm. So the Press Democrat did an article about me, and the radio station saw the article, and they called and said, uh, John Ash is going to be our food guy. Do you want to be the wine guy? Oh, my gosh. So I said, sure, I'll, I'll be the wine guy. That'll be fine. <laughs> and um, so let's see. So that's, uh, okay, so. Uh, but this was still amateur wine that you were doing in 92. Still amateur wine yeah. in 92. We didn't go commercial till 2004. Okay. We won, we won so many medals, and yeah. everybody wanted to make wine with me because, you know, we had a ranch, and we had a big wine cellar. And so, were you selling your grapes then to others? Oh, yeah. We were selling to Clos de Bois. We sold to Behringer. We sold to Simi. And then Windsor, actually, Vineyard designated us. Oh, really? Carol Shelton is a big uh, mentor of mine. She yeah. taught me how to talk about wine and taste wine. Huh. She's she's big in my life. Yeah. Uh, a wonderful did, so winemaker, too. I do want to ask you about getting this ranch, because that's a big commitment, right? To be able to say, okay, I, I'm an amateur winemaker, but I really want to jump in, and I want to do this. And you guys, I mean, as a teacher's salary, I'm going to say oh, yeah, that's we were, probably listen, not man, a lot of we money, were, right? We were, we were flat broke. <laughs> right. And, you know, one of your sponsors is um, American Ag American Credit. Ag Credit. Yeah. So if you're a grape grower, you, you probably don't know this if you're not, but... All year long, your monies are being spent for fertilizer and tractor drivers and all this stuff. Right. And and you don't get paid, and you get a little bit, uh, like in December, and the rest the following February, March, like that. Right. So I got a, I signed up and got a, a loan from American Ag Credit. Uh-huh. Uh, Guy Eck was my uh, representative. I think he was a manager at the time. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I love American Ag Credit. <laughs> if if you ever do decide to buy a vineyard <laughs> and you need a good place to get a loan, they're the they're, they're the, the people. Because yeah. you know when when you're new to this whole business, and you know I'd been playing music for ten years. Where what was going on with me? And they kind of walked me through everything I needed to know. And um, eventually, in 2005, we started the wine company, and the monies that we made from the wine company paid for the vineyard throughout the year so i stopped doing business with right. american ag credit so you figured out the yeah, the, the money flow the right? money flow is because yeah. was the money from the wine company would take care of the beginning of the year then you get this grape there check and yeah so it all worked out yeah 
That's amazing. I love it. And so um, since then, with Seminoa Vineyards, you've been able to really come up with some lovely wines. Yes. What yes. is in? We're going to pour a little bit here. What okay. are you, did you bring for us? So, ah, I don't know if you can hear that yep, or yep. not. <laughs> uh, I brought you the my first ever uh, Merlot. I, 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 make, I make a lot of Cabernet Sauvignon. We mm-hmm. make a beautiful Chardonnay mm-hmm. called Brenda Lee after my beautiful wife. Yes. And um, a, lo- a couple of French line Bordeaux blends. And in 2020, that was the year of the fires, right? Yeah. So that year, I was selling to Rodney Strong, and they wanted to do a smoke tank test mm-hmm. to make sure it wasn't smoke tank. And by the time we got the test results back, I had already decided I wasn't going to use my cab because the sugars kept going up. And so I made uh, a wine that had no Cabernet in it. And my Bordeaux blends always had Cab in it. Mm. So as I'm making the wine, it's tasting different than my usual fence line. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I couldn't, my customers are so used to that flavor. Right, right. Even though each vintage is different, this was so much different. I decided to call it uh, a Make a Merlot. And I called it Merlot West. And an interesting story. I was interviewing Joe Rocchioli way back, maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. And he takes me out into his vineyard. And um, uh, he's this wine is from this side of the vineyard. And this particular Pinot we're tasting right now is from west of the telephone pole. <laughs> and I remembered that. And he was a passionate guy. And I was yeah. all excited about interviewing him. You know, he's passed on now, which is too bad. But God bless him. Toast to him. So I decided to call this Merlot West. Every name in the book is used. Yeah. Where you have to go to TTB, mm-hmm. submit a name, eh, used, used, used. Merlot West wasn't. Hmm. And I sell all my wine direct, or nearly all of it. Mm-hmm. And um, so Merlot West works. And I get that little story with Rocchioli. And, I love it. And it's a beautiful one. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's absolutely fantastic. Um Nice, like dark berry fruits. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love I'm I love Merlot. Merlot like had such a hard time after that movie Sideways, but I but I will say it, it kind of forced Merlot to kind of up its game, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I I'm a fan of Merlot, so yeah, this Merlot is, is, is resurging. It's mm-hmm. very popular. In fact, we just sold uh, some wine to Valettes in in Hillsburg. Yeah. So the wine I'm going to oh. bring him a case tomorrow. So. And is it the Merlot that he Yeah, has? it's the Merlot West. Oh, That's fantastic. why I brought this today for you guys. Oh, in case you. you want to go there and Yeah. Is it going to be on their wine wall? Can you get a by oh, the that, glass? That's, no, that's, uh, that's not the Matheson. That's Matheson. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, this is his Valette. original restaurant, Got Valette's. Got it, at Valette's. I'm okay. hoping to be on the wine wall. All right. Not yet. Maybe if they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin. Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> Perk up your ears. Really? We're talking about you. But there's also a connection. We've only got about a minute left. There's also a connection with Valette from your music days. Actually, it's from the Matheson. That yeah, building. The Matheson. Okay. That building, originally... The uh, first restaurant that was in, I think it was Garrett's at one point or something like that. But yeah. uh, the Wine Country restaurant opened in 1978, mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful kind of steakhouse kind of thing. Mm-hmm. My band, Kid Palomino, op- opened that band. Actually, no, it was C&W Mo. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. at that time that opened that opened restaurant. That restaurant. Wow. First night wow. that they opened, we had to play quietly because <laughs> drums and everything <laughs> in a restaurant. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I got to tell Dustin that. I don't think he knows. That I is feel so like cool. his, his cousin or somebody, like our uncle, owned that restaurant prior to oh, him. Oh, yeah. There's a family connection yeah. to that building, too. There's mm-hmm. so many yeah. fun connections in town. And I, I mean, you live here long enough, then that starts to You know, to it's happen. a wonderful business to be in. Yeah. And yeah. thank you for having me, man. This Absolutely. is just great coming <laughs> in and talking to you We're going to continue our conversation because we've got Tom Simino. He has so many fun uh, stories to, to share. If you want to learn more, you can, uh, of course, check out his website at Simino Vineyards, S-I-M-O-N-E-A-U, vineyards.com, and uh, try to get your bottles of wine through there. That's right. Uh, and then, of course, listen to Rock and Vino because that is where you can uh, listen to the podcast. We're going to continue to to talk to Tom off air, get some more juicy tidbits and details, which you can only listen to during the podcast. So head to rockinvino.com, R-O-C-K-N-V-I-N-O.com uh, to hear more of the conversation. Thank you so much for coming in. This is so much yeah, fun. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great. Nice <laughs> to meet you too, Coco. You too. Thanks, this, Michelle. This is KSRO. Welcome back to the podcast version or portion of Rock and Vino. I am Michelle. And I'm Coco. Hello. Hello. And uh, that little tidbit of music was from Kid Palomino. That was one of the bands that our guest Tom Simino formed back in the day. And we pulled that music off of a cassette to share with you. We've got to figure out how to get that onto a, like a CD or MP3 for you so you can yes, share it. Yes, have me back again and, yeah, I'll, exactly. and I'll tell the story again. Or, or maybe it. I'll recreate it. Make could, it yeah. Or it's your next band adventure. Yeah, no, there won't right? be another band. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, now that I'm retired, I told Brenda, because I've kept my, I kept one bass yeah. and one acoustic guitar, uh-huh. sold all my electrics, and I sold my jazz, Fender jazz bass. I never should have had the best neck. Mm. I ever played. But anyway, that's another story. But I told Brenda, maybe I'll write her a couple of love songs. Oh, yeah. Go, you know, because I used to write a lot of songs. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I I was the songwriter in, in the band, or one of them. And uh, when the bands broke up, I ended up with the radio station writing little tidbits, one-minute pieces for yeah. on wine, you know, events and wines and, you know, viticulture and, and all this stuff. So I way, still yeah. had my storytelling exactly to do so, so would you say out. that there's some synchronicities between since you have you know this experience with the band creating music and writing songs um then synchronous synchronicity with essentially like making wine and utilizing the grapes and kind of like all that like how does that work for you somebody that has experience with both well it's kind of like you know you know they always say uh that the best winemakers have music playing in the cellars yeah right mm-hmm. and you know i'm i'm not a religious guy but i believe in spirits mm-hmm. and i think i think when you have a good vibe going mm-hmm. whether it be with music or with wine uh i think it's 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 terrific and i uh well, you know i thought music would never leave my life i thought it would be in the forefront but the wine making and the blending yeah has uh, has taken its place and I'll tell you, every year's difference, like writing a new song, mm-hmm. every vintage is like a new album. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really is. And, and I don't have a formula. It's not like I'm going to go 70% Cab, 10% Merlot, 5% yeah. this, that. I don't. I, everything is, 
I lay out all my barrels mm -hmm. and then I take a taste from this one and we're doing it in a beaker and we'll go five mm -hmm. milliliters of this, 10 milliliters of that and come up with those blends. It's kind yeah. of like writing, writing a song or when you're, you know, when you first start writing a song, the question is sometimes you write the music first mm -hmm. right. and sometimes you write the words right. or you write some of the words and then the music comes, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, yeah, I think there's a synergy there. Yeah. That's awesome. And mentioning uh, that, that you, you know, you'd like to have music playing while you're making wine, you know, that that's a fun element to add to it. What kinds of music do you like to listen to? You know, I'm, I'm a songs kind of guy, but, but you were, you were asking me if I had three, three records well, on that, it. We'll ask you that one later. Oh, that's going to be yeah. later. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll ask you that <laughs> question right. later. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a country guy, mm -hmm. you know. And people go like, well, music, isn't that, you know, in, in wine, isn't that kind of jazz or chamber music? Mm -mm. Chamber music has no vocals. No way. Jazz is too many chords. <laughs> and why do they call it wine country? Yeah. Country. There I'm you a go. Country, I'm a country music fan. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the music, the music that we used to play in Kid Palomino yeah. was, wasn't really country back then. But now the country music is really rock. It is, yeah. You know, with a with a country twang, a pop, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and 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 the the vocals. I'm, uh, you know, I love the stories in country music. Yeah. Whether it be a heartbreaker or a, a drinking song <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I'm I, I'm I'm a songs kind of guy, and there's a lot of country guys like uh, Combs. Combs is that his Luke name? Combs. Luke Combs. Luke yeah. Combs. Mm -hmm. And Morgan Wallen, mm -hmm. he's another one I like. Mm -hmm. um, there's a guitar player too that does the does the ads with uh, Peyton Manning. What's oh, his? Oh, Brad Paisley. Brad Paisley. Brad Paisley's that wonderful guy, songwriter. Listen, yeah. he he could play guitar for me any day. That guy can play <laughs> guitar, but only for six months, and then you'll hire somebody. Yeah, else. that's right. <laughs> and I won't hire him at first because <laughs> we want to have somebody stay with us. I, uh, that that's quite a story. That's on the original part of the show. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, cool. So why don't we ask you, because you actually, I did prep Tom and let him know that we were going to ask about Desert Island Discs. Your well, three... I three... do have a quick question, because oh, okay. I see this wine on your website, yeah. and I'm very intrigued. And it is a Chardonnay Rosé. Tell us that, about that. That's Ooh. sold out now. Yeah. But, okay. But Chardonnay Rosé, okay. I'm, I'm with Windsor Vineyards way back, where I've been there. I'm still a consultant for vintage which is part of Windsor Vineyards. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so back in the mid-90s, actually, it's mid-80s, actually, and my boss, uh, we, we were selling a lot of Grenache rosé. Mm -hmm. Sweet rosés back then were, were big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and Chardonnay was big, too. And I said to my boss, you know, what? I'm not a big Grenache rosé fan. It's a little too sweet. Why don't we make a Chardonnay rosé? Yeah. And he goes, Simino, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Howard Smith was my, the vice president at the time. Howard, I hope you're listening. Anyway, um, so I always thought about making a Chardonnay rosé. Mm -hmm. So in 2012, I don't know if you remember that vintage, there's so many grapes. I mean, we, we normally get like 16 tons of Chardonnay. We had like 26 tons Whoa. of Chardonnay. Yikes. And Cabernet, we usually get 25. We had like 32 tons. I mean, 12 was an unbelievable year. I wish we could have those days again. But anyway, <laughs> that's Mother Nature. Yeah. So, um, so 2012, I've got all this Chardonnay, and I've only got X amount of barrels for it, right? And mm -hmm. I go like, 
what am I going to do with the extra Chardonnay? Well, maybe I'll make a sparkling wine. But by the time I made that decision, they were already 23 mm. bricks. So mm-hmm. you got to make Chardonnay at 18, I mean, champagne sparkling wine at like 18, 19 bricks. So I think, you know what? I'm going to make a Chardonnay rosé. So I go to the winery, Merriam Vineyards, where I make my wine, and oh. I've got my consulting winemaker there, and he goes, Chardonnay rosé? What? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm going to make a Chardonnay. So I told him the story about mm-hmm. Howard and all. And he said, okay. So I said, what we're going to do is we're going to, I'm going to bring you some Malbec, and we're going to blend the Malbec in with the Chardonnay, mm. just the Brenda Lee Chardonnay, mm-hmm. and we're going to age it in red barrels mm. to get more color. Right. Mm. Right. So we're getting the color from the Malbec. Uh-huh. I, and I actually crushed the Malbec with my feet. Okay. Again, so full circle. <laughs> I love that. From 83, yeah. right? Yep. So now we've got the Malbec in there, and we've, we're aging it in, in neutral red barrels, and we get, we get enough color. So I... I, um, everybody said you're never going to get Chardonnay Rosé approved by the TTB because uh-huh. Chardonnay is a varietal Rosé. It's mm. but on the back label, which if you look at my Simino, mm-hmm. the back label is what the TTB thinks is the front label because that's what all the information. Oh, is. Uh-huh. Look at that. Okay. But the front label, because I sell direct, it doesn't have anything except Simino on it mm-hmm. okay. and the variety. But anyway, so I. I said screw it i'm gonna give it a chance and i sent it to ttb chardonnay rosé we get it approved nice it's the first ever wine that was labeled chardonnay rosé huh that was my 2012 and i made it again we made it again in 14 and i made it again in 17 wow and I decided there were so many nice rosés out in the market, and it was such a pain in the butt to make. <laughs> and I, and I, it's got $50 Mel, Melbeck in it uh-huh. and $30 Char, uh, Chardonnay in it, and I'm selling it for $25. Mm-hmm. Wow. It didn't take me long to figure that one out. You can't keep But we that. made it because we were having fun with it. <laughs> right, And right. Brenda loved rosé. Yeah. So, hey, you know, the whole idea of making wine for us is, is still having fun. Mm-hmm. People say, well, how much longer are you going to make wine? Well, as long as I'm having fun. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. keep making it. That's great. Very cool. All right. Going back to the desert oh, island disc. Yes. So the question is, if you were stranded on a desert island, you had a record player, and you could only bring three albums with you for the rest of time, what are your three albums? Well, let me tell you, it's a good thing you, you prepped me for this, because if that, you hit me with that, I'll It's right an impossible question. Yeah, impossible. <laughs> it's a tough one. And you know, I still have my record, so I brought them. I oh, love I love it. it. So this is Neil Young with Crazy Horse. Everybody knows this is nowhere. Mm-hmm. This was very influential mm. in my music. I wrote songs that that I thought Neil might might write. Right on. And then our bluegrass side, Will the Circle Be Unbroken by with the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band ah, and Doc Watson it. and all the bluegrass people. This is a classic. And it's a double album, so oh, okay. I'm cheating. No, no, no cheating. Okay. I, mine, mine includes uh, the Willie Nelson family uh, live. Oh, there you uh, go. And that's a double. Okay. One, so there you go. <laughs> and then apropos here, we lost Jimmy Buffett just recently. Hmm. Jimmy Buffett, A1A. Um, uh, there's some great songs on here. Pirates Look at 40. And, and I wrote a song, Gulf of Mexico, yeah. that I wanted to sell to Jimmy. And... Uh, Actually, his harp player actually sat in with us one night, but it was before I wrote Gulf of Mexico. Oh, wow. Anyway, so I had friends of mine trying to get a hold. How do we get a hold of you? Anyway, and then he passed away, so that's yeah. the end of that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's probably just as well. It's a good thing I didn't make it in the music business, because <laughs> I probably never would have 
fallen in love with Brenda, and I'd probably Aww. be dead by now. Oh, my goodness. You know? yeah, think they about, lived you know, a wild life. They, yeah, musicians Back in the day, do. Yeah. And they I lost a few them. along the way. My yeah. One of my, my last guitar player jumped off a bridge in mm. Baltimore. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was tragic. He was such a good player, too. What a mm. waste. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot of musicians. Uh, Janice... Jimi Hendrix. I mean, how many people have we lost? You know. Yeah, I, I mean, at very young ages too. Yes. You know, they were all twenties. In their twenties. Yeah. Twenty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh well, but now I'm, I'm a um, past musician, retired radio guy, and still a wine two, guy. Two kids in a candy store out there in Alexander Valley. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, any more fun music questions we want to ask Tom um, while I'm here? Yeah, yeah. So one of my favorite questions to ask our guests is, on a good day, what are you drinking, eating, and listening, uh, to. listening to? Thank you. Well, we love chicken. Yeah. And uh, we go to Big John's every Tuesday and buy mm. fish. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think Big John's is known for its beef. They have a great fish department there. Okay. Uh, so we eat a couple of... I love uh, wild salmon. Oh, yeah. And uh, when the salmon's not in season, halibut. And that's with Sauvignon Blanc. Mm, mm-hmm. Brenda always enjoys her Brenda Lee Chardonnay. Yeah. So my go-to red right now, being the winemaker, I still have some, my 13 fence line. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely delicious. It's got a big dollop of uh, Petit Verdot. Mm. And I think that Petit Verdot has given it longevity. Mm-hmm. And so when I go into the cellar, I'm... And I reach for the 13 <laughs> every time. Uh, music, uh, you know, I don't, we, we usually don't listen to music while we're eating, but okay. I always have uh, Froggy 92.9 yeah. Oh, yeah. On, on my radio. They're great. You know, yeah. and I listen to that. Some of the songs, you know, are just okay, but a lot of them are good. And sometimes I'll jump to an alternative uh, rock station, but they're, sometimes they're too eclectic for me. I'm, I'm a country guy. I played yeah. music for 10 years with a cowboy hat on. And, yeah. you know, that's what I like. What else was the question? Was there I think that was it. Just yeah. eating, drinking, and listening to you. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I like it. All right. Uh, go-to karaoke song. What do you do? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> do you try? Uh, first of all, you probably try to avoid well, karaoke. Well, here's the deal. <laughs> I played music, right? right so yeah. we were in a bar. Yeah. I never did karaoke, ever. Never. <laughs> but wow. if I was going to do it, okay. I would do Black Slacks. Have you ever heard that song? Mm-mm. Black Slacks. <laughs> Baby Cool Daddy-O. When I put them on, I'm raring to go. Black Slacks. Oh. <laughs> Black Slacks. It's an old... We did some rockabilly with my, my last band. Yeah. Fujiyama Mama and Black Slacks and a few others. We had some fun with them. And, uh, oh, that's great. So, yeah. If I was, was going to do Carrie, I wonder if they'd have that in the machine. And who sings Black Slacks? It's a... Cricket tones or something okay. from the fifties. Oh, okay. okay, cricket. Some some crickets or something. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to look it up. But uh, <laughs> nice. It, it had a, a great song. bass line. Nice. It really did. You know those old rockabilly tunes yeah. had a great bass. Oh yeah. Do we have any karaoke like live karaoke's like where there's a band that will play behind oh, you like locally? Yeah. I know I've mm. seen them. Like, I've seen them in Seattle and For stuff. For sure. And, but I haven't um, seen them You here. know, I think that there's a place in Sonoma, the Starling. I think they sometimes do a live karaoke. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Just bring them the sheet music and you can do your black You know, when pen. we were playing music in <laughs> Vermont, in a Scutney, Vermont, there was a nightclub. We'd play there on Sunday nights. And they'd bring up kids. Oh, Young wow. kids to sing. Mm. And they'd give us the song. 
and we'd pl- we were the backup band. I love so it. it was kind of like yeah, karaoke. Like, yeah. And we had these young kids singing, you know, Patsy Cline and <laughs> oh, you know, Stand by Your Man by Tammy <laughs> Wynette. So and cute. sometimes you'd look at the song and go, well, who's that? Because <laughs> you're playing live. Yeah. Right? Anyway, those were fun days. Oh, that's oh so gosh. fun. Wow. Okay, cool. So uh, how did your harvest go this year? It actually, this was, the, this was the latest harvest. We've been growing grapes since 88. This was the latest harvest ever. Wow. And I talked to some mm. of the uh, people who are actually even older than me, and they say uh, this is the... The latest harvest in 50 vintages. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. But the quality, you know, the rains held off. Yep. Mm-hmm. And people are still picking, believe it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Still picking. I saw a grape truck going by um, Hassett Lane when we when we got up this morning. So people are still picking. Our Cabernet this year is killer. Mm. I sold off my fence line because I'm simplifying. Okay. Right. I'm not retiring. Yeah. But I'm simplifying. Got it. And it takes, you know, a few years to bring a wine to market. So I'm, uh, there'll be a new fence line from Merriam Vineyards in a couple of years. But I made a Cabernet this year that's killer. Mm. So I'm not pulling back completely. Yeah. But I'm slowing down. All right. And are, is there a way that people can enjoy your wines other than going to Valette and getting Simino? Can Do you guys the, do yeah. tastings? Or? No, we don't, don't do tastings. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, you go to Tom at Seminole Vineyards, or or actually WineCountryLive.com okay. is another website where I'd always do my wines of the yeah. year. Yeah, we still have that website. I'm not doing wines of the year this year because I'm mm-hmm. simplifying. Yes, but that uh, website is up, and there's info at Wine Country Live, so you can get a hold of me there. We sell direct. Okay. It's also uh, a little bit at Bottle Barn might still be there. Okay, okay. and uh, also at Big John's in Hillsburg, you oh. can find. Four, I think four of my reds are there. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. That nice. So great. Thank you for coming in and bringing your cassette tape with your <laughs> music and bring your albums and this delicious wine. Let's cheers here. Oh. Cheers. I can't quite reach you there, Tom. There we go. Cheers. I love that. I love that. <laughs> And this yeah. is just, this is really fun. And thank you for sharing these stories and for being such a big part of KS Rose history and our community here. It means a lot to have you back in with well, us today. Well, thank you for, for inviting me. I'll yeah. come back again. Good. Yeah. Another oh, year. Yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> we'll have more fun <laughs> stories. Then we can try some of your other wines. Yeah, exactly. there we go. <laughs> exactly. exactly. All right. Be sure to check out uh, our past podcasts online at rockinvino.com, R O C K N V I N O.com. And we will see you next time. Bye, Coco. Bye.